this is very dear to my heart on the, on the temple of the Lord because uh, God has saved us and God has given us an inheritance in Christ and we need to learn about who we are so we'll know how to walk in, his, in the spirit. All right, we'll, we'll know how to walk in the spirit. That, that's what God wants from us. Walk in the spirit, okay? Now, and when we walk in the spirit, we walk in, in love. You know, we walk by faith, but we walk in love, in God's love. All right. Now, what I want to do today, I want to give you our subject for today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, in verse number, chapter 7 and verse 1, uh, is what we want to read. That's what we got our subject from. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises. Now, remember, he's talking to the church of God, uh, and I explained it this morning. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. They had to cleanse themselves to be ready for the coming of the Lord. See, they were waiting for the coming of the Lord, so they had to be ready when the Lord came. So they had to cleanse themselves uh, from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, they were waiting for the Lord to return. Remember that we're talking about the church of God. Let's go back and show you they're talking about the church of God in chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, that's why when you teach Corinthians and you hear people say, see it says right there about uh, eating uh, communion and drinking, uh, eating the bread off the table. It said that, but who are you talking to? You're talking to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth were Jews. They were called the church of God. Uh, we're going to look at that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God. It'll be on the screen just a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 1. So he's talking to the church of God. Just want to make sure you understand that, that, that there are some books were to Gentile. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all saints which are in Achaia. So you got to understand, so this, this letter was written uh, to the church of God. It doesn't mean that uh, we can't learn from all the books, but we got to know that a lot of things you read in those books, they were given to the church of God. You know, uh, so you have to get, have the revelation of the word to understand the word. That's why you have to rightly divide the word of truth. That means that there are some things here to the church of God. There were some things to the Gentile. Now, Paul talking about having therefore these promises. See, he's talking to the church of God. And he also, I gave you the key verse. Let's go back to that. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. The key verse in that chapter is, as he has said. See, that, as a student, that, that changed the whole verse. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16, when you read that verse, you'll put that on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 16, it says, as God has said. As God has said. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 16, you'll see in the middle of that verse, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols for you are the temple of the living God? As God has said, I will dwell in them. So God already said that. Well, who did he say that to? Uh, we're going to give you that again. Exodus chapter number uh, 29 and 45, just one verse. 
Exodus chapter 29, 45, as God has said. Well, if he already said, that means he's already spoke that uh, to Israel. So we have to understand when God has said some things in the word of God, that's what Paul is reminding them. That's how you know who is for, who is true. Uh, Exodus chapter 29, verse 45, and I will dwell among them, the children of Israel. So you can see what he says. I will dwell among the children of Israel and I'll be their God. Remember when God said he's going to be that God and they're going to be my people, it can't be talking to you because you are not God's people. You're God's children. And then at the last, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, you, you, the latter part of that verse says, and I will be a father. You have to see what the promises are. If you go back to verse number uh, 18, uh, it says, I will be a father. That's a promise. I will be a father. Well, he, he already your father. Remember, you were, you were born again at the cross. You have to receive that now. Don't forget what I'm saying. You have to receive it, but God did it at the cross. Now, that's where faith come in it. All right? He says, uh, having therefore these promises. But in verse 18, I will be a father to you. You shall be my, shall be, shall be my sons and daughters. Well, you, you got to understand he already, he already your sons and daughters. We are already his children, right? All right. So that's what we have to understand. Now you, I didn't get no lot of amens on that, but you do know that God's your father, right? All right. That, that, you should have gave me an amen on that one, right? Because you don't have no right asking for nothing if he's not your father. Ain't that right? Everything he has is mine because that's my father. All right, so anytime you get a chance to get in on that, get in on that, all right? Now, what I want to do, I want to take you to 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, because I want to explain. You got it. The Bible has to be explained. And if you don't get that, you can misunderstand and you can take something wrong. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that's why you have a teacher. I know everybody feel like they don't need a pastor, but uh, I, I needed somebody. I know good and well when I started the Word of God, I needed somebody and need somebody today. So I thank God uh, uh, that he has given me the Holy Spirit to teach me. But uh, I've had a lot of people uh, affect my life uh, and some was not positive. Um, but I learned some things. I, uh, they just didn't know. And I'm talking about 43 years of ministry, and I learned from a lot of people, and uh, I, I got a feeling that it's going to be reversed. Some of y'all don't understand that, but I believe what goes around comes around. I had to learn from them, and, it, and I found out that they didn't know what they were talking about, so maybe they're going to have to learn from me now. All right, but that's all right, too. All right. All right. Now, let's get into this. First Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17 Watch what Paul said to the church of Corinth. He said, know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him God shall destroy for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. And that word defile means to destroy. If any man defile the temple of God, if any man destroy the temple of God, you know, my, my, heart, my heart goes out for people because I pray for you every day. And the greatest, one of the greatest things that I pray for so many people in this church is, is understanding. I pray for you because there are so many people that go to church they don't understand. 
They don't even understand salvation. If they did, they would not be going to church with other folk every other Sunday and every other Sunday. You, you're confused. Those people are teaching you salvation by water baptism. And you, it's no way I can go with them. Because I know I'm not, that's not how I'm saved. So why go with you? The Bible says evil communication corrupt good manners. You're not good for me. See, you're not good for me to go to a church where teach me baptism, salvation by water baptism. See, I know you don't know. So if I go with you, I'm saying, well, maybe I don't know neither. But when you find out the truth, you're supposed to let people know I know the truth. You are not free until you know the truth. The Bible said in John chapter 8, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, if you don't know the truth, you're not free. And you can't help nobody. You can only just go with them. Okay, I go to church with you. You're not helping me. When you know the truth, you'll tell me I'm not going with you. Because what your pastor teaching is not the truth. I love you as a person. All right. Now, now let's go to work. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about verse 16 and 17. If any man defile. So I need to find out what defile. Jesus taught on that. I gave you Matthew 15 this morning, verse 8. But I'm going to go to, to, to the, the gospel of St. Mark, the second service. And we're going to see the same thing in the gospel of St. Mark, uh, chapter 7. Let's do that. Let's go to the gospel of St. Mark, chapter 7. I'm going to get there so I can find it. The Gospel of St. Mark, uh, chapter number 7. Talked about the, the exact same thing in the Gospel of St. Mark. And we're going to start there at verse 14. And Mark is telling you where evil comes from. Now, I gave you Galatia. Now, we're talking about on the temple of God, keep the temple clean. All right? Say that with me. Keep the temple clean. All right? Right. Now, the reason why this is so important is because he's talking about your heart. So if you keep in definition of the word temple, what he's really talking about is keep it clean. Now, word, the word defile means to make unclean. That's what it says in the good news. You make it unclean. It means you can profane or dis desecrate, desecrate the temple. You got to keep it clean. This, this is the very house of God. This is where God lives. All right, I'm going to give you a verse. I'm going to give you a scripture that I'm going to turn to in a few moments. We're going to look at Hebrew, the book of Hebrew chapter 9. Uh, you want to write that down. I'm going to have to go to that in just a moment. Uh, look like I'm going to have to find it before I can tell you. We're going to go to that. That's the Hebrew chapter 9. We're going to go to that in a moment. Because I ended last week on showing you that heaven is where God lives. I'm going to give you the verse to show you that today. Hebrew chapter 9. And we're going to start reading uh, verse number 23. That'll be good enough. Matter of fact, 22. Hebrew 9, 22. So write that down. We'll go there next. All right. Now Mark chapter 7. And we, we're going to show you that evil comes from the heart. So when he said, if any man defy the temple, him God will destroy. Well, if he's going to defy the temple, what, what is a man going to defy? The heart. All right. So you let nobody defy your heart. I gave you a scripture this morning to show you how the heart is defiled. And that was found in 1 Corinthians 15, 
33. Now, we're going to do that out of the NLT. Can we go to that first? 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 15, 33 out of the NLT Bible. So you have to know what defiles the heart. That's why he said, come out from among them and be shepherds, says the Lord, and church not done clean things. Why is he telling us to come out from among people? He's talking about people that are not saved. They're not good for you. They'll corrupt you. Watch this. Don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. How does it do? How, how does it happen? Bad company. Now you probably had your mother and father say this to you. Them kids ain't good for you. That girl ain't good for you. That boy ain't good for you. You, you got to know how to keep good company. That's not good company. Why they keep saying stuff like that? You call it, oh, you just old. You just old. No, they're not old. They learn, they learn something. How many know people are known by the company they keep? How many heard of that? Exactly, because if you, if you are a godly person, what you doing with them? I mean, if you are a Christian, holy, born-again believer, love God and married to a Christian, what you doing hanging out with her? Something wrong with that picture. So you don't, don't get deceived now because you got people say, well, you got to get them saved. How you going to get them saved? How you going to get them saved? Bring them to church. You ain't got to hang out with them because they got bad habits. They can corrupt you. Let me put it this way. If they smoke dope and they hang out with you, won't be long, you'll be toot toot. You'll be long about it. I don't know why. I don't know why I started that. That's how you started with the company you kept. You have to let people know, listen, I don't smoke. If I'm going to pick you up and you're walking in the zero degree weather, I want to give you a ride so bad. But, he, but you, you toot toot, you're not going to get in my car. No, 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 because soon you get in my car. I've had that experience before. Soon they get in your car, they go, <sighs> my God. I tell people all the time, if you walk and need a ride, don't be smoking because nobody's going to pick you up. I know I'm not. People would help you if you let them. But if you want to live right, you need to hang with people who live right. That's the only way you're going to change. Watch what the scripture says. First Corinthians 15, it tells you bad company corrupts good character. Oh my God. How many know what the word character is? Maybe that's what's going on. You got a phone, just say, hey Google, what's the word character? How many know what character is? Isn't that something? Oh, my God. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. Bad company, corrupt, good character. That's your homework. I'm not going to tell you no answer. You got a phone to ask the thing and it'll tell you. <laughs> got them all your house. We got them in every room in the house. We can't even talk sometimes. Google take over. You was asking about character. Just, I didn't ask you about no 
All right, here we go. You got to answer for your morals. Anybody got anything else for characters? You already got it now. You got your Google up. What is it? I hear y'all, but I don't hear them. Sound like your lifestyle. <laughs> That's a good one. Your reputation. Huh? Your nature. How you live your life, your character. Your morals. Man, they corrupt that. You tell me people ain't living right because they've been hanging with somebody else that don't live right? That's where you got that from? That's what it means by who you are. That's your character. It's who you really are. You want somebody to corrupt that? See, that's why you don't have everybody and anybody babysitting. You do know that, right? You, don't, you just can't just get anybody to keep your children. And you just can't have your children spending the night with anybody. Mama, I just can't, I won't, I won't, I won't stay over their house tonight. And you wonder why mama say no. Okay. Now you know what it does. All right. Now, in, 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 in Mark chapter 7, and verse 14, and when he called the people unto him, he said to them, hearken to me, every one of you, and understand, there is nothing, somebody said nothing, there's nothing from without a man that enter into the man can defile him. Nothing. That's not, he's not telling you it's okay to drink. You, you just can't say, well, man, I can get high because they ain't going to defile me. I can drink beer, drink whatever. That's not what he's talking about. You see people, you see people got a hook on that stuff. That's what it does. There's nothing from without a man that defiles him, can defile a man. But the thing which come out of him, those are not, those they are the, that, those are not the thing that defile him. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entering into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning, we, we know that was Peter now, because we read that in Matthew. Peter asked him, he says, Jesus, are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive? Whatever thing without enter to a man, it cannot defile him. They were like, are you telling me I can eat that pork? It's not going to defile me, Lord. See, they, they couldn't eat bacon, man. Now, you got some people right now, they, they just, you just might well count me not saved. <laughs> I can't have no bacon. You go to a restaurant and they tell you you can't have no bacon, you, you, you're a Christian. They don't say, what did I say that in the Bible? That ain't in the Bible. Somebody said, that's not in the Bible. That's right. But these guys were Jews. They couldn't eat pork. All right? Because they thought it was defiling. That's what they taught in the Old Covenant. But Jesus said, because it enters not into the heart. Somebody says, about the heart. Right, so when you say you're the temple of God, what's really the temple? Where do God live? He lives in your heart. He lives in your soul. He lives in your mind. Don't corrupt your mind. Don't let nobody corrupt your mind. Don't let them corrupt your heart. And the way you'll protect your heart 
is to make sure you get born of the Spirit. When you get born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and keep your heart. Now, in the Old Covenant, you have to do that. That's what I want to show you today. Look, put down Proverbs uh, 4, 23. In the Old Covenant, you had to keep your own heart. In the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can keep your heart. So when you do not receive the Holy Spirit, you don't have nobody in you to keep your heart. That's why he told these people, let us cleanse ourselves. Why did they have to do that? Because they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. Man, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you can't do this. Because everything that's in the heart would end up in your life. Would end up in your character. That's why you say evil communication. Because that person I say, they got all that stuff of the flesh is in their heart. So they do what they do because it comes out of their heart. What you do in your life is evidence what's in your heart. Let me say it again. What you do in your everyday life is evidence what's in your heart. From out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All right? The life you live is evidence of what's in your heart. Whew, that's some good stuff right there, boy. I had to stop right there and break off a piece of that. All right, watch what it says. In verse number 20 says, And he said, That which cometh out of the man that defiles the man, defiles the man. From, from within, out of the heart, proceed, watch this. This is what comes out of the heart. Evil thoughts, adulterous, fornication, murderous, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So that's why I say evil communication corrupt good manners. When you have stuff like that in your heart, it will manifest in your life. The life you live in is a evidence of what's in your heart. See, you can't lie to God. God sees the heart. The Bible says he looks at not on the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. And that's why he does that because everything is in your life is a product of what's in your heart. And that's why he told you you need a new heart. That's born of the Spirit. When you get born of the Spirit, that's why God gives you a new heart. That's why Jeremiah talked about it in Jeremiah 31. He will give you a new heart. That's what he gives you when you get born of the Spirit. God gives you a new heart that don't have all that stuff in it. That turning over new leaf don't work. You ought to know it by now. How many leaf you turn over by now? I mean, if you're as old as I am, I turn over a lot of leaves. But it don't work. The same thing I had in my life before, I had it before, until I had, until I, to get saved means to get the Holy Spirit in your heart. All this other stuff people telling you about, you got to get baptized in water. You can't get, that didn't that that save you. Evidently, it's not saving them. Don't save them. Didn't save them. They don't want the word no more than they did then. Because you save, there's no way. There's no way that you'll be born of the Spirit and go to a church that teaches you baptizing water in Jesus' name to be saved. There's no way you can have the Holy Spirit. He won't sit up in there with that stuff. It'll grieve him every Sunday. He'll, he'll die on the cross to pay for your sin. 
And you turn around and say you're saved by water baptism. It'll grieve the spirit of a living God. That was one day I was teaching you how to, with that table. I have that table right here and I was bent over on that table and I was giving you bread and wine and the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart and I wept in my spirit. I couldn't even stand up. I was so weak I held up on the table when he told me don't do him like that. That's on the table. It's not a Passover. I'm the Passover. When he showed me that, I wept. I never will forget that verse, 1 Corinthians, 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Christ, our Passover. When he showed me, I'm going like, he said, son, I'm the Passover. That's not the, why are you giving them people that bread on the table that's not, and telling them that's the Passover? Put it on the screen. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. That's what I'm waiting for. Christ, our Passover. Plainly simple. Here we go. Purge out there for the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, for you are unleavened. For even Christ, capital letters, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Christ died for us to fulfill the Passover. Ain't that something? He died for us to be our Passover, and yet we want the bread on the table. People don't know. Don't know. God gave you the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and yet people won't baptism with water. Just go on back there with John then, won't you? Just go on back there with John. They've been doing it ever since the Old Testament. Just go on back there. That's how they do it. Every priest that they saved, every priest they used in the tabernacle, he had to be water baptized. Every offering that they used in the Old Covenant had to be water baptized. And that's what you're saying. You say you're an offering? You baptize, you're an offering? Listen, God told you how to do when you're an offering. Look at Romans 12 1. But we don't want to live for him. If you are offering, you're supposed to present your body a living sacrifice. See, people don't understand. Why do I come to church? You're presenting your body. <laughs> wow. That's what coming to church is? Yeah, present your body. Show up in the body. Present your body a living sacrifice. Because it's going to cost you something to get up and come here from Saginaw. We got a row of people right there, family from How long? How long y'all have to get up just to get here at time in the morning? 6.37 in the morning. Just to get here. Sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to drive 75 miles one way to church. But do you want the word? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. There are folks come, come here over 50 miles. How many people come here over 50 miles? Raise your hand up. Look, look at the people running. They, they're over 50 miles just to get here. I'm not going to ask you how long it takes you to get here. Some of y'all, five minutes, ten minutes. I just live around the corner, brother. <laughs> but you got to understand something. It's a sacrifice. Look at Romans 12 1. I beseech thee, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body. Present your body means you showed up. You were present. That's what present means. I'm present. A living sacrifice. I, I made it. I had to take care of the babies, but I made it. You know, I had some children I had to get ready, but I'm here. I couldn't find the other shoe, Bob, but I made it. 
You got probably all kind of, but they made it. Present your body a living sacrifice. Then he said, come holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's the least you could do. I'm talking according to what God had done for us. Let me go to work. But he showed you. Now, if I got some scriptures, I'm going to go to them. What are they not? Hebrews 9, 22. Hebrews 9. Start with verse 22. Okay. Is anything next? Y'all get it ready now. So when I get there, you know, I already know because you know I'm coming there next. Hebrews chapter 9. See, I, I did a teaching. Heaven, God's dwelling place. Now, let's think about that, sir. Heaven is God's dwelling place. Heaven is where God lives. You know, I, I, one of these days, I, I, I wish this could happen. I'm just going to pray, Lord, that I wish this could happen. That my daughter Grace would come up here one Sunday and minister one of the one services. And just give her a testimony. She can minister on what she want to minister on, but in that, give her a testimony. She, heard, she looking around now, honey. Just like, are you kidding me, brother? No, but, but, but you talking about a testimony? There's a lot of you in here got them. But it, it caused her to get here. She had to do something. She had to, it took something for her to get here. And I think one of these days she's going to tell that story. Let me know whenever you're ready. I want, to, I want Jimmy and my Mel to be right there on the front row with me. Praise the Lord. All right, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. So we know how God cleansed us. He purged us with his blood, right? He washed us with his blood. These people here was waiting for Christ to come. So he told them, let us therefore cleanse ourselves. So you don't have to do that. Christ's blood washed our sins away. All right, watch this. He said in verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in heaven, somebody say in heaven, should be purified with these, but the heavenly things, somebody say heavenly things, themselves is better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are a, the figure, the figure of the true, but into heaven itself. My God, where is Christ? Christ has entered into heaven itself. Listen at the term. What do you call itself? You don't call a car itself. You don't call a house itself. God has entered into heaven itself. Heaven is God's dwelling place. If you find out what Christ is, you'll find out where heaven is. I'll give this mic to Sister Lavina right this morning. She'll take it from here. <laughs> what she say? Is that what you said, bro? All right. Hebrew chapter 9. I thought I'd just do that. I love my sister. Hebrew chapter 9. Watch what it says. 
It was therefore necessary that the pattern of these things in heaven should be purified with these, but the things in the heavenly thing themselves were better sacrificed for these than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands. We're talking about the, the temple he was talking about over there. That's not what Christ said. That's a figure of the truth. Did everybody see what he's talking about? The physical building in Jerusalem is just a figure of the true heaven. But Christ has entered into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us, for us, for us, for us. Christ has appeared. God has, God is in heaven. Wait, Christ is in heaven to appear before God for us. The only way we can come before God, we, we got to be in Christ. So God put us in Christ so we can come before God. You can't appear in the presence of God without Christ. See, you don't have to say nothing when you come in the presence of God. Christ is your lawyer. John said we have a word. Anybody remember that word? We have an advocate before the Father. Jesus Christ is right. He's our advocate. How many know what an advocate is? Come on, you lawyers. A representative? So Christ is our representative. See, you don't say nothing when the representative is involved. When you go to a courtroom, you got a lawyer, you don't say nothing. You have somebody to represent. Oh, there's a lawyer right here. You better say something. If I go, if she takes me to court to settle my case, I don't have to sell nothing. She do all the talking. Find me the verse, honey, First John. He said, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He speaks on my behalf. I don't have to go there and explain myself. When it's when, 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 when asked, am I righteous? Christ just says, yes, yes, he's righteous. Because everything he is, that's who I am. He's my advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. He's called Jesus Christ, our righteousness. First John chapter 1, verse 8. I thought you would get that one. See, First John really was not written to us, written to the Jews, but he let them know Christ is your advocate. He sits on the right hand of the Father. You sit by him and everything that he, that, that you, that he is, you are. That's how you're supposed to learn the Bible. You learn about Christ, you learn about yourself. My little children, these things I write to you, that you sin not of any man sin. We have an advocate. Now that's John now, because we don't sin. Now that's what gets people your life. Did you hear what he just said? I'm going to answer people's questions. That's some folks, that's some folks think today that we still sin and we are the body of Christ. You know what the problem is? They don't know what the works of the flesh are. They don't understand that the problem, the thing that we have to understand with, was dealt with in Christ. Christ gave us a new heart. So, Pastor, you're telling me that if my, this man sleep with somebody, he didn't sin? Let's look at it. Let's go see what happened. Put it on the screen again. My little children, these things, John is right to the church of God. Now, remember that. The Jews. These things I write to you that you sin not in him. If any man sin, we have an advocate 
with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, what is he saying to them? Jesus Christ is my attorney. He speaks for me. Ain't that right? That's what that means. Am I okay? You do not have to speak for yourself. So if you want to know who I am, ask him. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So let's go look at it. You're going to write down two words. Now let's get, let me finish get the stuff out there I got. What else I got? What I didn't finish. I didn't finish Hebrew 9, didn't I? Let me finish Hebrew 9 first. All right. So Christ sits on the right hand of the Father to appear in the presence of God for us. Everybody got that so far? Because Paul is also writing the Jews. Then he said in verse 25, we're in Hebrew 9, 25. We're going to make sure on the screen. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest enter in the holy place every year without, without the blood, with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, now remember this was 2,000 years ago when they said this, but now, once in the end of the age, that's what all other translations would give you, that word world is age, has he appeared, what did he appear to do? To put away sin. Wait a minute. You know people still don't think he put it away. Why did he come? To put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You think he did it? Let's look at some. Let's look at something. We're going to write down Hebrew 9, uh, not Hebrew, Daniel 9, 24. He put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. I say he put it away. And I'm going to show you in the word that you cannot be in the New Testament and still talking to me about your sin. So when you hear somebody say, we baptize in water in Jesus' name, why? To get rid of sin. That's an Old Testament phase. You have not been born of the Spirit. You cannot be in the New Testament talking about sin when Christ died on the cross for our sins. Sin will put away. Did you just hear what he just says? That ain't strong enough for you. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, would you? You get me today. If I have to stay right here. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go to verse 15. See, sometimes, Brother answer, you have to stop and deal with stuff. If not, people are going to die and go to hell trying to get water baptized to get rid of their sin. Because people told me they're right. Oh, that's right. We've been doing it forever. Yeah, you've been doing it forever. And all them folks died with the hell because they listened to you. That's not the Bible. You can't find that in the Bible nowhere. That's religion. And traditional men. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 15. Waiting for the screen. I want to say nothing until it's on screen. Wherefore the Holy Ghost also witnessed to us, for after that he has said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. Talking about after the cross. After the cross. Somebody say after the cross. After the cross, I will make a new covenant. Here's a new covenant, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their heart. God said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my law in their minds. I'm going to write them. And their sins. 
and their iniquity will I remember no more. How much do you have to know to know it? How much is no more? No, more. no that you on this side. I appreciate y'all on this side. I heard all, most on you on this side said no more, but I hear nobody on this side. <laughs> if you said no more, how much is no more? It's no more. He said, I, this, this is God. God said, I will remember their sins no more. Now, who was one remember sin? It ain't God. It's the church that preached that. Because them people found out they're going to leave you. They're going to come over here with me. I'm telling you on television. Let me say it again. If them people believe the gospel of Christ, Christ died for their sin, they're going to close you down, brother. When they find out that you can't be saved by water baptism, they're going to leave you. And you're going to pay for the church by yourself. I'm just telling you the truth. Because you're lying to those people. I'm, listen, you are lying to those people. That's not Bible. All right, let's keep going. He said, I remember their sins no more. Now where remission of these is, watch what he says. There is no more offering for sin. God Almighty. There's no more offering for sin. I'm not done. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the wholeness, watch this, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure waters. Let us hold fast the profession. Now that's what Jews had to do. They had to hold on to their confession of faith. Now I got to go back. I, I just, I started too early. Hebrew chapter number 10. Let's go back to verse number, verse number one. Verse number one. I want to come to this camera right here. Get me up, get me up on it. Let me see my, see my lips, see my mustache. <laughs> For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things that can never, never with those sacrifices which they offer year by year continually make the comers thereof perfect. For then would they have not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. If it had worked, how do you know it worked? You have no more conscience of sin. Let me say this to you real good. When you hear people always talking about sin, they sin conscious. Let me say it again. When you hear people always talking about sin, 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 everything is a sin. I mean, even if you drink red pop, brother. <laughs> See, everything is a sin. You can't, you might not drink no, no, no pop with no devil on it. You know them, them. <laughs> everything's a sin. You, don't, you shouldn't be having hot sauce. Got that devil in that bottle. See, everything, they see everything is a sin. Yeah. 
Watch what it says. But in those sacrifices, there's a remembrance made of sins every year. That's why they did the sacrifice. The Jews do the sacrifice. That's why they do it every year. Because they, it's a remembrance of sins every year. The Catholic do Passover every day. Sin is remembered every day. The Jews at least remember once a year. But there should be no remembrance. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. See, it wasn't possible. Although they did it all them years, just a type in the shadow when Christ come, Christ's going to do it. Watch what he says. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, Christ, he says, sacrifice it often thou would not, but a body thou hast prepared me. In burnt offering and sacrifice it for, for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Then I said, I come in the volume of the book is written of me. I come, Father, to do your will. Above, when he says, sacrifice and offer and burnt offerings and offer for sin, thou would not, neither had pleasure therein, which he offered, which was offered, watch this, by the law. Then the Lord said, I come to do thy will, O God. Here it is. He taken away the first. That word taken away means he fulfilled the old covenant. He taken away the old covenant. He fulfilled it. That he may establish the new covenant. That's the gospel of grace. You cannot be establishing the gospel grace in your church until you get rid of the old covenant. We got a man right now, thank God, thank God for him. He came out publicly and said, I, I taught you wrong. I've been teaching you about tithing the church. There's no such thing as tithing. It's all under the law. Thank God for that man. Come on, clap your hands. Thank God for him. Some of you turn your Facebook on, you'll see it. His name is Creflo Dollar, one of the biggest churches in the South. He realized that's the law. But I got news for him. He's not done. If he's going to teach the gospel of grace, you can't not have water baptism in the church. That also is law. You cannot have bread on the table. That's also is law. You can't be doing foot washing, talking about you getting clean for some, something. I don't know what you're getting clean for when you wash your feet. That's also is law. See, all this stuff that people are doing, that's why they had these people, God, God helped them. They sit on the first 10 rows in the church and they all got bunnies on. Everyone got to wear bunnies. You got them people in bunnies, Reverend. Don't you know that thing is tied on their neck? They stay, they, you gotta, that's bondage. They can't go to church let they have that bunny on. And got to sit in a church. Y'all know I ain't lying. All that stuff is religion, traditional man. Who the son set free is free indeed. God have to set you free so you can worship. He set you free so you can worship. You can't worship, you bound. Nobody baptized more than I have. But I found out that it wasn't right. Like I tell you, I baptized some people in here. Cheryl folk, bless her heart. Cheryl, you here? Okay, Cheryl. Because I baptized Cheryl and the water was so cold. I didn't know the water was off. That water was so cold when Cheryl stood up, boy, I, I thought she had got to feel the spirit. The way, the way she was shaking. See, Cheryl not here, so I can say that. I asked her, forgive me, Cheryl, I forgot. I, see, I, we had on our waiters. She came up by that water. She was going like this. 
I said, oh my God, that water cold shivers. He said, tell me about it. <laughs> Sheriff folk don't go bother, okay? <laughs> but I remember, baptizing, I remember baptizing the people, Sister Jaton, and now we baptized some people in the lake. Everybody came out, I had sand, sand all over them. When they stand up, sand run all down the face. I apologize. See, I didn't have to do all that kind of stuff. I did, I did some stuff. I'm not proud of that. But I thought you had to be baptized. I thought you had, that was a part of what you had to do. And then, then communion. God, God dealt with me on the, on the Passover the table. I thank God. He, when you're going to get delivered from the law, you have to get delivered from all the law. You can't preach grace until you get delivered from the law. My wife and I was in such bondage. And I'm not saying this here to put down the church I've gone to because we got somebody more abundant than I was, this man right here on the corner. He know, he know this man right here. Oh, I got him. <laughs> he had to do that. How, how long you had to do that before service started? He had to do it a good hour, right? That devotion had to, how long? Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? That's a, that, that devotion had to, for at least about two or three hours, everybody, no, 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 no. We're going to have to have some church up in here. It's an awesome thing, man. You go to church, the minister of the word of God, if, that, if they didn't do that, you ain't have no church. We're going to do that before you leave. You're the nice preacher. You preach a good message, but we're going we to get down up in here before you leave. <laughs> see, they, that, that's church to them. Now, that, that, that's Yancey. See, and I got some sisters over in that corner. <laughs> they know what I'm talking about, glory to God. But my wife was searching in bondage until she worked the General Motors and wore pants. I pick up from General Motors. We come to Bible class. Remember that, honey? As we go into Bible class now, you got the Bible class, she asked a question. Was anything wrong with me wearing my pants at church? So, well, did you have time to go home and take them off? No, we had to come right to church. Well, I don't, I don't agree with it. We're not going to ask you to leave. We're not going to agree with it. See, we got some folk in this church have gone visit other churches. And they look at you like, you coming up in here with them pants on. I, I'm talking about, it's like, it's ain't nothing but religion. It's bondage. Let me finish my message. But see, it, it, it takes me. It takes me to tell you. Because I have to tell you. Because I know you want the truth. And I don't think people ought to go to church and get taught bondage. It's, it's so bad until a church won't fellowship with another church because you don't do that. Now, I, I see these couple right here. God just worked a miracle. You have to see them sometime. One Baptist and one uh, church, Kojic. You can't say Kojic, church of God. You just have to say Kojic. One Baptist, one Kojic. I see them and that's a blessing. I don't see how they made it. <laughs> it had to be the Lord. <laughs> Can't you see how God had to break down some thing in y'all life? 
Because you were used to doing things one way, you used to doing things another way. She was too quiet for you, and I know it. <laughs> All right, let me go. Let me go. Do I have something else I didn't go to? Proverbs 4.23. See, in the Old Covenant, it used to be you had to do this. Watch what God told you to do in the Old Covenant. And then we go, we're going to go down. We're going to go from there to Philippians 4. I, I won't be able to finish that now. I'll I do it another time. I didn't do Hebrew 10. 10.10. 10. Okay, I didn't finish that part. Let's go back to Hebrew chapter 10. Come on, Reverend, stay on your message. Hebrew chapter 10 and what verse? 10 and verse number 10. Yeah, I got to get this in. Hebrew chapter 10, verse 10. By the which will, he gave us a new covenant for you can establish grace. By the which will, we are sanctified. Now, this is how you're sanctified now. We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ. Watch this. Once for all. So there's no other thing you, you getting sanctified. Because you got some church over there that tell you now, if you ever done this, you ain't sanctified. You ain't, you're not sanctified by what you do. Christ, because of Christ in your life, that's how you were sanctified. Every priest standing ministering and offering oftentimes, watch what it says, the same sacrifice, watch what it says, which can never take away sins. But this man, somebody said Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say it real loud. Jesus. Say Jesus the Christ. Say Christ Jesus. Christ yeah. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, how many? One. Do you think you think you got religious folks right now tell you, you still sins? Are you gonna tell me you don't sin? See, sin was dealt with at the old testament. But we in the new covenant getting the repercussion. You know, like the little, little tremors. Folks don't think it's gone. All right, that's why every now and then there's a little earthquake. Don't let it bother you. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, how long? I need to hear somebody. How long? I hear that side over there. I don't hear nothing over here. Don't y'all, don't y'all know forever over here, Sass? Maybe, maybe I need to get my ear check on this side. Let me see. How long? Forever. Sounds better now. Wherefore the Holy Ghost also the witness for us after he said before, this is a covenant. So that's, that, that often lasted forever. Now do, what do we want Jesus to do? Go back to the cross again and do it again? I gave you Daniel 9.24. I know what I gave you. Let's go there. And then I have to go to Philippians chapter number, my time running, so Philippians going to have to be quick. Philippians 4. Let's go to Daniel first. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. Daniel chapter 9, and verse number 24. You ought to see that. Mark that in your Bible. Daniel 9, 24. 70 weeks. I determined upon your people. That's 490 years. 490 years I determined upon thy people and upon your, holy, your people and the holy city, the children of Israel and the holy city of Jerusalem. Watch this. To finish it, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins. See that? To make an end of sin. So when Christ came, he put away sin. What did he do? He made an end of sin. So you can't have sins in the new covenant. Christ made an end of sins. 
Verse number 24. And to make reconciliation for iniquity. My wife will deal with, with that. And to bring in, watch this, everlasting righteousness. Not righteousness for a week, but everlasting righteousness. And the subdivision and prophecy. And you still got folk in the new covenant still trying to prophesy. And to anoint the most holy. Acts 10, 38 told you how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. See, all that's been done. All right. Philippians 4, quickly. I hope you can give me two minutes. I used to watch Popeye and Olive all the time. He would always borrow it. He'd say, I would pay you back Thursday. <laughs> Philippians. Chapter number four. And verse number four. Philippians 4, 4. We got to do it quickly. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. That was 2,000 years ago. Be careful for nothing. Now this is awesome. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, now supplication is praying for others, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then it said in verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. All right, let's, let's hear that. Let's hear that broke down. Uh, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Philippians 4, watch what it says. And the peace of God will keep your hearts. That's what verse 7 says. Well, when was he going to do it? Number 1, verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. If you, if you take a note, you want to put that up on the NLT up there, you'll see it. Don't worry about anything. Then he said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. I'm giving you the steps. Number 1. This is awesome stuff. I'm showing you how the peace of God going to work in your life. I'm showing you why the peace of God don't work in your life, whichever way you want to put it. See, if you want the peace of God to keep your heart, number one, don't worry about anything. Number two, pray about everything. Number three, tell God what you need. There it is. See it up there? That's number three, tell God what you need. Number four, thank him for all he has done. How many got them four steps? Here we go. Here we go. Don't worry about anything. Somebody said that's one. Come on. Y'all. Just one of me and a hundred of y'all. Come on. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And now thank him for all he has done. Come on. Get up on your feet. And he said, when you do that, watch what happened. And the peace of God. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. When you do that, watch verse 7. Oh, my God, watch verse 7. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. See, if you do what you're supposed to do, God's peace will keep your mind. Don't worry about anything. Come on, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank God for all he has done. And then the peace of God. Woo. 
And the peace of God will do what? Keep your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Come on, clap your hands. Listen, it's very simple. You do what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God everything you need. Just tell him, talk to him. And then God will make sure everything works in your favor. It's going to work, it'll work out for you. And then the peace of God. But you're going to have to learn how to thank God for everything he has already done. And when that happened, the peace of God that passed all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, Christ already died for you. He's been buried. God already raised Jesus from the dead and already given you salvation. Just receive Christ Jesus. He is the salvation. You don't have to wait for him to come. He's already here. Just receive him into your heart. Father, I receive my salvation today. I thank you for your death being your resurrection. I thank you for saving me. I receive you as my Savior and my salvation today. All the people that pray, I say amen. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.